Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Norse traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. A warning, this episode features some violent content. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today is the second entry in our three-part story chronicling the adventures of the Norse god of thunder, Thor. Though he's perhaps the most well-known of the Norse gods, he rarely ever appears in solo adventures. He's most often accompanied by that other famous deity, Loki, the god of mischief. Today's episode focuses on a rare, somewhat obscure legend, the tale of Utgarda Loki. That's the name of a giant, not the trickster god. He also goes by Screamir, which is how we'll refer to him to avoid confusion. The story of Screamir is one of the stranger mythology stories we've covered. It features repetition and humor, making it feel more like a medieval fairy tale in structure. In fact, scholars agree this version of the story was a later 13th century invention, rather than a genuine myth of the Vikings during the 9th century CE. With that in mind, we've made some changes to ground the tale and keep it more in line with Viking tradition. To some, Thor was a god, but he also was the storm, the very lightning and rain that brought salvation or ruin. He existed all around them. Similarly, Loki was chaos, the randomness of life that undoes the best laid plans. His arrival into most myths always signified that despite the god's power, things were about to go awry. Coming up, we find Thor locked in yet another epic battle. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker. 
the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, starting May 8th, wherever you get your podcasts. Thor was beyond tired of this infernal walking. With one bolt of his lightning, he could transport himself and the Empress back to her palace in an instant. But no, she'd forbade its use after he vaporized one measly priest. One. Thor thought he was going to die of boredom after one day of travel. But things improved immensely on the second day. Thor sensed something watching them from the forest. There was a rustle in the bushes, then a yell. Bandits, they were under attack. Thor couldn't have been happier. He tore into the ruffians with abandon, striking left and right with his mighty hammer, Mjolnir. The bandits that wisely kept their distance found themselves struck by sudden bolts of lightning from above. Tira already had her fill of fighting back at Himir's, so she simply sat on the overturned cauldron and chewed on some dried meat. Lady, do you not wish to partake in glorious battle? I'm fine, thank you. Thor threw Mjolnir across the road, decapitating the last of the bandits. The hammer embedded itself in a tree. Thor walked over and pulled it free. Ah, there we are. Wouldn't want to lose you, old friend. You know, I think you talk to that hammer of yours so much because it can't talk back. Your only friend is a hunk of metal. How dare you? You have probably hurt his feelings. Er, I, I mean, yes, it is but a weapon. A most mighty weapon. You show deference to a hammer, but you kill for sport. I thought you might have learned something by now. I am a god. What have I to learn from a mortal? I have at least done as you asked and tried to resolve conflict diplomatically. Is that so? Tira turned to look at the field of blood and guts that used to be the bandits. Oh, come on. They were trying to rob us. I suppose. But it's not just about diplomacy. Life is cheap to those who live forever. For us mortals, it is the most precious thing. We also don't like to be caught out after dark. Let's find shelter. Thor looked to the horizon. Atop the nearby mountain ridge stood a particularly imposing castle, unlike any Thor had seen in Midgard. It was no wooden longhouse, but a fortress of stone, with many pointed, wicked-looking spires. It was like something out of the underworld realm of Helheim. We could, uh, sleep there, I suppose. Hmm? What, the castle? Under no circumstances, that is Ugarder, the home of the giant Screamir. I heard tales of his wicked deeds. He tortures prisoners with their worst nightmares, transforms his servants into monsters. He is unnatural, even for a giant. I know of a farm up the road. We will stay there. Normally, Thor would have protested, but even the proud giant slayer couldn't help but be wary of the looming edifice. 
he followed Tira, cauldron in tow. Before long, they arrived at the homestead of a farmer, his wife, and two children. The youngest, a boy named Thialfi, was rather precocious. He immediately took to Thor and started following him around. Oh boy, I sure can't believe my papa knows the god of thunder himself. I bet you even got the hammer Mjolnir. Mighty weapon given to thee by the dwarf smiths Brook and Sindri. I have one of my own, see? Thialfi opened his cloak to reveal a stick with a rock fastened to one end. That is not quite the same. Oh, I know. But it is my best friend, my steadfast companion. I even talk to it sometimes. You do? I mean, uh, that is most strange. Come, little one, let us go to your father's yard so that I might teach you a thing or two about wielding such a weapon. Why don't you take him outside? I'll help the farmer prepare dinner. Thialfi grabbed Thor by the hand and led him outside. Thor expected the usual drab human farmland, but he wasn't prepared for just how desolate this family's fields were. The plants were so withered and dry that the slightest breeze might cause the stalks to snap and fall over. It was more a graveyard than a farm. Well, this won't do. How are you supposed to eat or live? Papa prays for the rain, but we've not received a visit from you in ages. Not since I've been alive, which is quite a while. I'm six. Papa is concerned that we might have to move north to Norway, or worse, south to Frankia. I have been absent for a time. My father forbade us from visiting Midgard. I will summon rain. No one should ever have to live in Frankia. Thor held his hammer high, a serious look on his face. Suddenly, dark clouds gathered. Then, a bolt of lightning streaked across the sky. I summon the power of the storm! Soon, fresh, rejuvenating rain blanketed the brown fields. The droplets glinted in the little bit of sunlight that was still peeking through the clouds. Oh, happy day! Thank you, Thunder God! Woohoo! The boy began racing through the fields, his makeshift hammer held high, his threadbare cloak trailing behind him. He swatted at imaginary giants. How precious. Thor knew that voice. He turned in shock to see his least favorite relative sitting on the porch. His gray skin, black eyes, and Fawn's nose looked devious as ever. Loki, what are you doing here? Odin mentioned you were on a series of quests with the mortal woman. I just had to see it for myself, and here you are, babysitting children. It's better than I could have hoped for. I am not babysitting. We were merely discussing our mutual interest in hammers. Oh no? Did the mortal woman not charge you with the boy's care? I suppose you won't mind then if I introduce a little... chaos. Thor watched in horror as a bolt of lightning shot down from the sky, striking Thialfi's hammer and sending him flying. 
You fiend! How could you? Thor raced off into the field after the boy. Loki, still on the porch, frowned. He hadn't expected Thor to be this upset over a mortal. Thor picked up the boy in his arms. He was singed all over, his hair black and sticking out at all angles. But Thor thought he could still feel a faint heartbeat. He pushed past Loki on the porch, racing into the house. Inside, he cleared the kitchen table, knocking vegetables and cutlery to the ground. He laid the boy out in front of Tira and the horrified farmer. What did you do? Nothing. I merely sought to water their crops. It was that brute, Loki. He caused a bolt of lightning to strike the boy. Surely you know some human medicine that might aid him. We don't have a remedy for lightning strikes, you idiot. I might know someone who does. All turned to see Loki silhouetted in the doorway. You have already done quite enough. Fine then, let the boy die. Wait, stop. Tell me, I will go wherever is required of me. Despite her anger, Tira couldn't help but notice the sudden change in Thor. She had never seen him care this much about anything. You must travel through the forest to the castle Utgarda. The giant there knows unnatural magics, more than Frigg ever taught me. He can save the boy. Screamer may have the power to save him, but that's no guarantee he will. He is evil. He's just as likely to hurt the boy as help him. We have to try! Otherwise, Theolfi is as good as dead. <sighs> Very well. I'm coming with you. And Loki, you're coming too. Coming up, the trio encounters a monster unlike any they've ever seen. The CIA. They're the first line of defense for the United States, analyzing intelligence to thwart any possible threats and keep us safe. Some of their involvements are made public, and others aren't. Hi, it's Carter from Parcast, and in honor of America's birthday, we're uncovering the cases you were never supposed to know about in the new series, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. From international assassination plots and mind control experiments to catastrophic cover-ups and secret societies fit for film, sift through the agency's most questioned and controversial affairs. Each week, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition exposes the covert operations intended to protect us from conflicts, but end up creating conspiracies. Where does the truth lie? Where do the lies end? And how much do we really want to know? Follow the new Spotify original from Parcast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen every Thursday, free and only on Spotify. Now back to the story. Loki was annoyed. He'd come to Midgard to mess with Thor, normally his favorite pastime, but he'd gone too far, grievously injuring a human boy that Thor had somehow grown fond of. It made Loki feel guilty. This was not a feeling he was used to, and he wanted to be rid of it as soon as possible. 
but that required traveling through a dark forest to reach an even darker castle. It was the home of Screamir, a giant said to possess magic powers. There was no path through the forest, and the boy was too weak to transport via lightning bolt. And so the god of thunder held the ailing Thialfi in his arms as Loki and the Empress Sigrid hacked their way through the undergrowth. They were making some progress when an intense rumbling began in the distance. The sound grew and the ground began to shake violently. Thor held the boy close with one arm, clutching a nearby tree with the other. The shaking ceased. The three companions looked to each other, unsure of what to make of this phenomenon. Keep in mind that this was long before Loki came to be trapped beneath the ground. Earthquakes did not yet exist. What in the hell was that? You're asking me? This isn't some act of the gods? I know of no Aesir who can shake the ground so violently. Well, maybe Thor with his hammer or Odin with his spear. But Thor's here and Odin is in Asgard. As they were talking, the rumbling began again, and it wasn't long before they were seized by another series of quakes. We can't continue like this. Perhaps it is the giant using its magic to warn us away. Indeed, human. I say we turn back now. Nay, I promise to save this boy, and so I shall. The rumbling, with each pass it starts from the north. Let us go in that direction and see what we find. Thor did not wait. He took off through the trees. Loki and Tira shared a look and quickly followed. After a brief jog in which their cloaks were torn and Tira's skin was cut by thorns, they arrived in a clearing. But this was no peaceful forest meadow. No, it was home to a beast unlike any Thor had ever seen. The rumbling wasn't some earthquake. It was the snores of a massive giant sleeping in the forest. His belly rose so high that at a distance, the group had thought it was some sort of cliff. The giant was brown and rocky, as if covered in some sort of rocky armor. The hard stuff ran down its arms and along its back. It had tusks, a pig nose, and a single massive eye, which was mercifully closed. Thor placed the Alfie's body down in the grass. What is that? Perhaps it is a member of some heretofore unknown branch of my family tree. I have not heard of any giants so great since Odin told of his encounter with Ymir. But this one seems much more of Midgard than Jotunheim. We should proceed with caution. I will split its skull in half! Keep your voice down. Thor, you don't even know if this creature is hostile. It might not realize that its snores are dangerous. Then again, it might think you're not worth its time. It probably saw you coming and decided to take a nap. Maybe you should go after it, God of Thunder. Can't let any giant go unpunished for the crime of being a giant, can you? You're not helping! Loki is right. This is a matter for the Aesir. Such a beast could wreak havoc on this land, and it threatens our progress to the castle. I will ready myself and land a single decisive blow. 
Oh, very good. First, I will tighten Mangyord, my belt, which doubles my strength. Next, I shall fasten my gloves, the Yawn Creeper, which allow me greater control over my hammer. Are your undergarments magic too? And finally, I ready Mjolnir, my hammer, which has slain a thousand giants. Have at thee! Thor leapt from the grass, hammer raised above him. He flew high into the air, his tattered cloak billowing behind him. He was silhouetted against the dark sky as flashes of lightning crackled all around him. Electricity racing along his harsh features, his beard, his fingertips. He hurtled down through the charged air, wind rushing past him as the hammer sliced a path toward the giant's one large eye and found its mark. The hammer bounced harmlessly off of the monster's eyelid, spinning out of Thor's hand and into a nearby bush. Thor was left standing on the giant's nose, but it did not stir. What in the Nine Realms? That was fantastic. We should run. No, I just, maybe I used too much lightning. I will try again. He climbed down the still sleeping giant and dug around in the bushes until he found his hammer. He re-tightened his belt, re-clasped his gloves, and again readied the hammer. Have at thee! He once again flew up into the air. Lightning crackled, his cloak billowed. But once again, the hammer bounced off harmlessly. However, this time, the giant stirred. What is that? Are acorns falling on me from the nearby trees? I didn't think any were tall enough. I... we... uh... Mighty cousin, I am Loki of the Jotun. I do not believe we have met. We were merely passing through on our way to Screamir's castle. Hmm? Screamir? What would you want with him? He is most fearsome. I would go back the way you came. Alas, we cannot. My dim-witted nephew swore an oath to save the life of yonder sick child, and we believe that only Screamir possesses the magic to do so. We will stop at nothing. Hmm. Very well. Climb onto my back and I will take you there. Tis only five footsteps away. Everyone looked around with apprehension, but then a coughing sound came from behind them. Little Thialfi was not doing well. (coughs) We would be happy to take you up on your offer. Isn't that right, Thor? Yes. Yes, it is. Thor walked over to the boy, scooping him up once more. They all climbed onto the giant's shoulders, and he stood, lifting them hundreds of feet into the air. 
It was not such a unique experience for Loki and Thor, who had seen many strange things in their millennia, but for Tira, it was breathtaking. She could see for hundreds of miles in every direction, from Rome to her palace in Sweden. She saw her whole world, and it seemed small. This is quite a view. Feeling a bit inferior, Empress. Oh, and what would I have to feel inferior about? You're the one with a cousin whose balls are the size of a house. Loki didn't like this at all, but he couldn't help but reach down and adjust his manhood. The giant was true to his word. It took only five steps for him to reach the palace. It looked no less intimidating nestled on the mountaintop beneath them. The giant bent over, allowing them the chance to hop down in front of the gate. Thank you, cousin. You never did tell me your name. But as Loki turned around to face the giant, he was shocked to find that it had totally disappeared. That's impossible. Where did he go? Hmm, I did not see. I was watching the boy. It seems that there was more to your cousin than we knew. But we don't have time to worry about that. The Alphia's dying. Of course, Empress. Look there. The gates are massive, but they are built to keep out giants, not smaller folk. There is a crack big enough for us to fit through. Well spotted, Loki. Hurry! Without a thought to the danger, the three raced forward into the castle. It was so dark inside that no one could see a thing. Loki cast a fire spell above them, but it only revealed more inky blackness. A moment later, it too vanished. Suddenly, a wave of torchlight overpowered their vision. The party squinted, slowly taking in the massive hall around them. It was like a sinister version of Valhalla, a massive, ornately carved cavern in the side of the mountain. Dark columns with wicked images stretched from floor to ceiling. Blood-red carpets lined the floor. Hundreds of strange-looking courtiers, giants, dark elves, and spirits filled the gallery. And there, on a throne of metal spikes, sat the king of the castle, Screamir, the Dread Lord. This was a giant as Loki knew them, tall but proportional, fit and strong. And unlike many giants, he was quite handsome, but his eyes were as black as Loki's. He wore fine black robes and a glinting golden crown. You dare to enter my castle uninvited? Thor and Tira were too awestruck to answer. Loki, once again, spoke up first. Cousin, a thousand pardons. This boy, he had an accident. My nephew's buffoonery led to him being just a tiny bit electrocuted. We thought perhaps that in your infinite generosity, you might see fit to heal him. Screamier looked furious. For a moment, he said nothing. Then his face contorted into a deep, upsetting laugh. <laughs> Very well. 
I can heal the boy, but I don't just give away my magic for nothing. First, you must prove your worth. We shall have a contest. Coming up, our heroes are subjected to a grueling trial. Now back to the story. Tira, also known as the Empress Sigrid, tried to remember how she had found herself in such a strange predicament. She was currently in the hall of Screamir, the wicked giant sorcerer. She had stripped down to her shirt, pants, and belt. She stretched out her limbs, preparing to race. Across from her, a strange spirit flitted about. It was a bluish color and transparent. According to her host, the giant Screamir, it was one of his subjects, a spirit named Huyi, who Tira was now supposed to beat in a foot race. It was one of three contests that the giant had set up. Loki was across the hall, standing in front of a large trough filled with meat. His task was to eat more than his opponent, a bright red spirit named Loyi. And even further down the hall, Thor stood next to a massive drinking horn filled to the brim with dark liquid. These were the challenges set before them. If they won, Screamir would use his seemingly infinite magical powers to save the life of the human boy Thialfi, who had been struck by one of Thor's lightning bolts. Screamir stood up from his throne at the front of the hall. He addressed his clandestine court. You all know the rules. Loki, Thor, and the human woman must triumph over my champions and complete their assigned tasks within a minute's time. If they fail, then the child dies. Are the contestants ready? Aye. Of course, Your Excellency. Whatever. Very well. Commence! Tira hurtled down the hall, bare feet slapping against the cold stone. She felt that she was making good time. This was the fastest she had ever run in her life. She was surely beating her competitor, Huyi. But just as she turned to look, she felt a gush of wind against her face. She looked ahead to see that Huyi had not only passed her, but reached the end of the hall. She had lost. The spirit was impossibly fast. Over at the feeding troughs, Loki was chomping away, eating his way through mountains of venison and boar, dried salmon and waterfowl. Loki grinned through a mouthful. No matter how much he ate, his divine belly would never be full. But when he looked over to his competitor, the spirit Loki, he was shocked to see that it had already emptied its trough and was now chewing on one of the carpets. He, too, had lost. It was down to Thor, who found himself gulping down a seemingly unlimited quantity of mead. While the gods could eat an unlimited amount, only Thor had the constitution to drink so much mead. He closed his eyes tight, tears streaming down his cheeks, belly burning. He kept drinking and drinking and drinking until finally, mercifully, he heard Screamier yell. 
Time's up! Thor brought the horn down hard against the table, gasping for air. <sighs> Everyone in the hall hurried over to bear witness to his success. Screamir brushed them aside as he approached Thor. Well, 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 Thunder God. Let's hope you did better than your companions. Screamir leaned forward, looking inside the horn. Thor looked as well, afraid of what he'd find. His heart plummeted. There, at the bottom of the horn, was what looked like at least a half cup more of mead. <laughs> I knew it. None of you were up to the task. The boy will die. But, but how can this be? I am the strongest drinker in all the world, Tree. And Loki, the best eater. And Tira, well, she usually succeeds at things she sets her mind to. How does it feel, Thunder God, to know that today you are not the strongest anything? In my kingdom, you are nothing. Thor was furious. He wanted to take his hammer and lash out at the giant, but he knew this would not save Thialfi. For once, his concern for another outweighed his need to prove his strength. He fell to his knees, clutching Screamir's cloak. Please, I'll do anything. You cannot let the boy die. Anything? Thor, don't! Don't be a fool. Thor considered his companion's words. Who knows what evil Screamir might wreak with Thor's power. But then he looked across the hall, where young Thialfi was wrapped in furs, his life fading away. He shook his head. If he was as strong as he always bragged, then surely he could muster the strength to pay his debt to the young boy. Very well, giant. I will do whatever you ask of me. Just heal the child. <laughs> you see, my subjects, even the mightiest of the gods bows before me. I am most pleased with this offering. Now, this is what I will have from you, Thunder God. A final challenge. I wish for you to wrestle with one last champion, Etli. Thor hung his head low. He knew the caliber of champions this giant had at his disposal. If they were to wrestle, it was not embarrassment he risked. It was death. But he said he would do whatever it took, and he aimed to keep that promise. Very well. Where is this champion? The court parted, revealing not a giant, not a spirit, but a strange, sickly-looking old woman. Just a few hours prior, Thor would have laughed, but he had been humbled. He knew that there was always more to this place than met the eye. This is your champion, Screamir. This is Etli. Is your goal to humiliate my nephew by having him beat on an old woman? Your nephew has agreed to my terms. Be silent. Let the match commence. He clapped his hands. The members of the court immediately formed a circle around Etli and Thor, their wicked faces full of delight. 
Thor looked about, unsure of himself for the first time in ages. He looked to Loki and Tira, but they could only shrug in confusion. Give her hell, I guess. Thor nodded solemnly. He raced toward the old woman, his hands outstretched. He did not even wield Mjolnir. I am sorry, dear grandmother. I must do what has been asked of me. He put his hands around the old woman's throat. She looked impassive, but before he could begin to squeeze, she put a single hand on his left thumb. Then she twisted. Thor's thumb snapped back. The old woman brought him to his knees. The crowd erupted in cheers. Edli reached for Thor's throat. It was worse than he feared. Screamir wanted to humiliate him and slay him. This old woman was as vicious as any of the previous champions the giant had put forth. But Thor would not go down without a fight. He grabbed Etli's wrists, ignoring the pain in his thumb. He pushed back against her using all of his might, but Etli was still stronger. She kept pushing against him, slowly gaining ground. Her eyes remained cold and impassive. It didn't look like she was even breaking a sweat. I will not give in. Loki, do something. If Thor can't beat her, what am I supposed to do? Has so little of Odin's wisdom rubbed off on you? Oh, fine. Loki pushed his way into the ring. He climbed on Etli's back, wrapping his legs around her. She hardly noticed. He tugged against her chest, trying to pull her back and away from Thor. He pulled and pulled, straining just as hard as Thor. Neither felt that they could hang on for much longer, but then they heard something. Ah, stop! Stop! I can't take anymore! It hurts! It hurts! The massive hall began to shimmer and shift around them. The wicked courtiers, the columns, the troughs of meat, and Etli herself all began to fade. Loki and Thor collapsed onto cold, wet stone. Their arms were filled not with Edli, but with a runty, ugly giant. There was no longer any castle around them. They were back on the mountainside, overlooking a beach. Thialfi's pale body was stretched out near the cliff's edge. Tira ran to him. Thialfi! Thialfi! Can you hear me? He's nearly gone. Both Loki and Thor turned their attention on the giant. So it was all an illusion. I might have figured as much. Our deal is forfeit. Heal the boy. I will, I will. Just please don't hurt me. Suddenly you are afraid? I thought we were weak, worthy only of your contempt. But, but you don't understand. You... You are not weak at all. I've never encountered beings of such strength. When you met the giant in the woods, that was me. I thought to scare you away. I used the first bit of my magic to deflect your blows and transfer them to the valley below. Thor leaned over the edge of the cliff. 
he saw down in the valley where there were now two massive craters amidst the forest. In the contests, the clues were in the names of your opponents. Hu Yi is thought itself. No one is faster. Lo Yi is fire. No one can consume more. And Etli is age. No one can defeat the passage of time. Well, except you two, apparently. It's unnatural. You're unnatural. Let me go. I want nothing to do with you freaks. Use whatever magic you have left to heal the boy, and we will let you go. How do I know you won't just kill me? If you don't heal him right now, we'll definitely kill you. Fine, fine. He is healed. Screamier waved his hand. Golden light shot out from his fingertips, encircling Thialfi. It entered his mouth and nostrils and shone out through his skin. His burnt flesh returned to a healthy pink. His hair softened. Then he took a breath. <sighs> Empress, why do you hold me so? I do not mean to complain, but you should not lower yourself to touch a peasant farmer like me. Oh, what a glorious beach! It is a magnificent day! <laughs> it is good to hear your voice, Thialfi. Thor and Loki immediately forgot about the giant and ran over to the boy. Thor scooped him up in his arms. Oh, wow! The God of Thunder holding me! How magnificent! How wonderful! I shall have to tell my sister. Loki turned back to the giant. Go now, and let us never see you again. But know that if this is another illusion of yours, we will inform Odin. He will find a punishment for you that is worse than any ever administered in all the world tree. It is no illusion. He is healed. Don't worry. You will never see me again. One last thing, giant. The horn. You never explained how I could drink so much, and yet it remained half full. You need only look behind you. I enchanted the horn to draw from the sea. That beach? It wasn't there before. The sea came right up to the rocks. You lowered the water all over Midgard. Aha! I am still the greatest drinker in all the world, Tree. Hurrah for Thor! I am leaving. Somewhere far, far away from you monsters! Screamir waved his hand and disappeared in a puff of smoke. He had spoken true. There was no illusion. Thialfi was healed. It was another day's hike before they returned to the farm. The boy's family rejoiced to see him well. They had thought the worst after seeing the castle disappear on the horizon. But their joyous reunion was short-lived. Come, Thialfi. We must get the cauldron back to the Empress's palace. My father and the rest of the gods are waiting. We're not bringing him with us. Of course we are. I saved that boy's life. The laws of the World Tree state he must serve me now. She turned to Loki. Is this true? Actually, yes. The laws are carved into the roots of the World Tree. You can't break them. I am to be Thor's squire? Hooray! Mother, fetch my hammer! Though Thialfi's family was sad to see him go, they knew Thor could offer him a better life than they ever could. 
After the feast at Tira's palace, he would join the gods in Asgard. He would live forever. I am pleased to see at least somewhat of a change in you, Thor. In both of you. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't you? The vain, careless, hateful gods I met a short time ago would never have gone to such lengths to save a single mortal life. Hmm. I'm not sure all three of those adjectives apply. Me? Vain? We must hurry. We have already been delayed a great deal. Thor, use your lightning to return us to my palace. I permit you. Where's the boy? The small boy came skipping from the house, his cloak, toy hammer, and a satchel of belongings all on his person. I'm here, Empress! Wait for me! Wait for me! He reached her side just as the lightning crackled around the four of them. They all held close to Thor, and in an instant, they were gone. They returned to the foot of the palace. Tira and Thor immediately began carrying the cauldron up the grand steps to her longhouse. Loki, watch the Alfie. Wow, this place is magnificent. When Tira and Thor reached the top of the steps, none other than Odin himself emerged to greet them. He was in the old wanderer guise that he often used on Midgard. He wore a tattered hat and cloak and hobbled on a gnarled cane. Papa! Thor was happy to see him, but Odin did not smile. He brought strange news. While they'd been gone, the gods had arrived in Midgard for the feast. It was many of the usual family members, Frigg, Tyr, and Baldur. But there was someone else, a giantess named Yarnsaxa. Thor gulped at the mention of the name. The beautiful giantess emerged from behind Odin, and next to her was a handsome, young, blonde man with an ethereal glow. Odin introduced them. This was Magni, Thor's son. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with the third part of the adventures of Thor. Join us as Thor grapples with being a father while fighting yet another member of his ever-growing rogues gallery. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of both iconic and obscure fables. We'll be back on Tuesday with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Brian Golub. With production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Mythology was written by Greg Castro. With writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher. Fact-checking by Bennett Logan. And research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes... Kim Lynn Tran, Joe Hernandez, Tom Bauer, and Alastair Murden. I'm Vanessa Richardson.
Hi, it's Carter from Parcast. Every Thursday on Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition, we're uncovering secrets hidden deep within the archives of the Central Intelligence Agency to bring you a special collection of episodes from shows across our network. Follow the new Spotify original from Parcast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.